0: Have you ever wanted to know how to win over the pro contractor or builder? In this episode, we talk with a builder who has some great insights into what actually motivates him and his team to switch products or even try new ones. If you listen to the whole episode, you'll also hear how this contractor recently discovered a new product on social media and then spent 80K purchasing it just because he found it on social media. This is a great episode if you're looking to learn how you can be more effective in your messaging and marketing when targeting contractors, pros, and builders. All right, let's get into the podcast.
1: Welcome
2: to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff.
0: All right. Welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, alongside my co-host, Beth Popnikolov, and we have an awesome show for you today. You know, one thing we we hear from a lot of manufacturers is that they will market to the channel. They'll sell to the channel, and the very last player that they target is that contractor who can essentially wreck the spec or they can wreck the job And which is why we're really excited to have Justin Holmberg on the show with us today. Justin is a good buddy of mine, but also has a lifetime of experience as a contractor, as a builder, as somebody who's worked in the building products arena. And he's going to share some really great insights about how to target and market to contractors. But welcome to the show, Justin.
1: Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Beth.
2: Justin, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your experience as a contractor, a home builder, and a business owner in the building materials space?
1: Well, I entered into the industry about 23 years ago. I started as a trouble teen. I had a gentleman in my church that kind of took me under his wing and we built custom homes, but we didn't just build them. I mean, like we really built them. Uh, from from the ground up, we did the foundations. This guy was old school. We went from foundations to, you know, framing, plumbing. We did everything but HPC, and it was a really great experience. And I kind of cut my teeth and fell in love with the industry at a very very young age. And so I've been in it for 23 years. And shortly after my marriage, I jumped into the concrete industry. I worked for my father-in-law. So that was short-lived. If you've ever done concrete. It's a pretty miserable experience when you do it day in, day out. But uh, being 6'5", my back just wasn't having it. So I decided to make another shift. Excavation was always my thing. What boy doesn't like seeing big equipment, right? Moving around, moving <laughs> dirt. And so it just fascinated me. I didn't know anything about it. So I uh, do what I do. And I jumped headfirst into the excavation site development industry. That was great until about 2006.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a great year for excavation.
1: Yeah. you were, you were, you yeah. were killing uh, it until
0: two, two, 2006.
1: I was killing it until till 2006. You know, and I, I had a I had a space that um, that was too small for the big guys and too big for the small guys, and it was a great niche in the market. And uh, I did a lot of uh, commercial site development. And one day, I was at a bid table and I came across, bumped into some pretty big players, and the writing was kind of on the wall. So. I had to readjust and after bumping into these big giants in the industry a few times, I decided to jump into something a little more recession resistant and went into insurance restoration work, which is a whole other space I knew nothing about. It saw me through 2006, 7 and 8 and taught me a lot, kind of diversified my portfolio in the industry. And anyways, long short, here I am. Now. Um, I started a new company two years ago, I'm sorry, called 540 Build. I wanted to do this with a with a different approach. You know, a lot of times as a builder or even as a business owner, you kind of at the mercy of people. <laughs> so I, I wanted to change things and and I wanted to create my own stress and my own environment and wanted to mitigate as many people as possible. So I wanted to uh, real estate acquisition, started my site development company, also do home building as well and in the custom space. so that's where I'm at. I'm loving it. And it gives me opportunities to uh, I can create opportunities like this to sit down and talk with you all and not worry about a whole lot of things, right? because I'm creating my own stress. So I love the model. It's working so far, but that could change <laughs> <laughs> every day is new, but uh, which is what I like. so that's that's a little bit about me,
0: you know what's interesting, Justin, like if you were to think about the contractors that your buddies with, like how many of them have like a similar story? It's like, hey, I had a guy who took me under, underneath his wing. Then I wor- might've worked for a family member. Then I cut my teeth. Then I worked on my own and now I'm running my own business. Like that's not a typical now granted. I know you're, you're playing at a different level now from a site development standpoint, which we'll talk about in a minute, but like how many contractors do you know that like follow that similar path of, of tradesmen, craftsmen, business owner, scaling like that, that sort of a process.
1: I think exactly. There's a small percentage there. But I think the beginning stage of that are pretty predominant in that, you know, they come out of high school or college and they jump into a trade really out of necessity. And then they just, you know, we're creatures of habit. And so most people just kind of settle for the mediocrity and, and settle into the routine and they don't they strive to be something more.
0: What you're saying is they like to be comfortable. They like it easy, right?
1: Yeah, people like to hit the easy button. I think that goes for everybody, though, across the trade. It's not just the construction worker out on the job site, but it goes all the way to trickles through. The business owner, you know, at times you as a business owner can, you know, wake up in the morning and just want to hit that easy button. The manufacturer as well. So something that you have to fight and battle against is uh, is, is getting comfortable.
0: Well, what I think is interesting about what what Justin just said was it's that they want to lock into that easy button they don't want to push themselves. And like that right there, like that is the biggest issue with marketing to contractors is once they learn something, once a pro or a tradesman learns a tool, learns a product, they don't want to change.
2: Justin, what do you see as some of the main common misconceptions that building materials manufacturers have when it comes to contractors?
1: Yeah. I, I would say some of that is true. It's, I would say Beth, the, the misconception would be uh, exactly what Zach said for me is I get a lot of people saying, well, you just don't want to, you don't want to learn or you're scared of the product. And, and really that's, that's not always the case for me. I think, I think it comes down to guys. I have a list of things. It really does suck though. Cause it, it is something that, that I've battled in my whole career. I think one is that I'm young, right? And so being in the industry as a business owner, I think I was like in my mid-20s and had zero respect for any of the you know, sales guys. They wouldn't even look at me. That was pretty frustrating. And as a young guy, you come into the industry and you want to learn and, and you're not scared of things. I think you kind of have to like, in fact, I've, any fear, I would say just, just got tucked away and I was like a sponge, just ready to tackle. I've always wanted to be progressive in everything I do. want to be on the front end of everything but the industry doesn't make it easy for us at all and i think a lot of times you know the education of the product the marketing for me if, if the marketing looks and feels old honestly i don't want any parts of it <laughs> if the story is too hard it's probably one of my biggest beefs is is the education or the story telling a story of the product it's very one-sided. They don't really look to the builder or the contractor. They're marketing, as you said in the beginning, Zach, the the architects or the design firms. And so by the time it gets to us, it's watered down and diluted, and we have no context. So it's like, hey, just build this. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to build something, but I know nothing about it, and I'm putting my name on this product at the end of the day. I think another big thing that industry struggles with is that they They're very one-dimensional, meaning they don't really think about all the other products that we're putting together as a builder. And every product builds off the other. So, you know, when you build a house, it starts with the foundation, right? Soils, the foundation, and you work your way up and they all complement and play off each other. And as a builder, we know how it all goes together. An architect is going to make it look pretty, right? And the engineer is going to make sure it works fine. But the builder, at the end of the day, has to assemble it. And when we don't have context and we don't know why, the why behind this product, it's very difficult for us to stamp it and put our name behind it. I guess that's what I'm getting at, Zach and Beth, is that I think the market could do a whole lot better if they just explain the why. And that breeds confidence and trust. And so we get stuck. I run into this all the time. I get, I find myself getting stuck with a manufacturer because I had a good experience. And I understand it. You know, I think the biggest the biggest issue or the the misconception is that we don't want to learn or we're scared of a product, and that's just simply not true. At least from everyone I run with, we're seen as the the hillbillies, the podunk guy out in the backwoods that you know that doesn't have an education, but we just don't get marketed to.
2: You're in an interesting position to speak to this because you have started over in a completely new sector of the construction industry a couple of different times. So what I would want to ask you, Justin, is in those new markets, like when you got into excavation, you didn't really know what you were getting into. You had to do all of your ground up research and understand the different pieces, stages, manufacturers that operated in that space. So who are those manufacturers? You don't have to give me names unless you want to. But like, who are those manufacturers that you still use or what's that unifying theme that has been the reason that you still use those same ones and why?
1: Yeah, man, manufacturers. Well, in the home building, you know, we have like, I love advanced tech flooring just because I had a great experience with them. Framing products. I don't really change a whole lot. I didn't make a change to zip systems. Just because the story, honestly, they did a great job marketing it. They did a good job explaining the product, and, at least to me, and it just made sense. It was a little more expensive on the front end, but I think at the end of the day, the back end and, and the product was better. So that's another manufacturer. There's so many, that, to answer your question. What kept me with them or keeps me going back is largely due to the, them being progressive and changing. I don't have a lot of it has to do with my personality and who I am. I don't have a lot of respect for a company or a product that just stays where they're at and they're not thinking about everyone. And so as a business owner, as a consumer, I want to know people are thinking about the future, because when you think about the future, that breeds confidence for me that you're going to be around for a long time. And that if I have issues down the road, I mean, all the way to the warranty, you know, the side of things where if something fails, that product or that manufacturer is going to be around to answer questions or to stand behind it.
0: Justin, do you have an example of a manufacturer and you don't have to name a name, but like somebody who tried to come in, sell you, sell your team on their product and just whiffed very hard. (laughs) And And I want to know that because I want to know, like, I want to understand how they tried to position it. And how they just really misunderstood their audience. To make sure that our listeners understand, what are the things as a contractor, as a pro, as a tradesman, a builder? What are the what are you looking for when somebody's trying to sell you a product?
1: Zach, great, great question. I did mention Vantech flooring, and at the time when I first started using Vantech, I wasn't super confident with it, but it made sense. Um, but there's another manufacturer that they compete with that says the same thing. They supposedly do all the right things and all the same things, but one the branding of it, the story behind it, they they were really kind of leaning and leading with what they've done in the past, and so that only goes so far. But once you put the product down and you you start running screws through it, or you don't have it completely under under roof and and water starts hitting it, you know the product doesn't really stand the test and it, it doesn't level up. And so you know you put. Six thousand four thousand dollars worth of flooring down, and then you already you you throw this framing package on top of it, and then all of a sudden you you get these you know you get these bubbles in the floor uh, and it starts to wafer and and fall apart or the edges or the tongues snap off super easily. and it doesn't live up to what they're saying, but the whole reason why I bought it was because of their history. Mm. right and so they come into it with the the capital right the historical capital this big company that's been in the industry for a long time and then they don't necessarily market it well they don't educate very well and they're just leaning on their name to whereas you know uh, Bantech, for example they did the opposite they kind of came in and said hey listen we're new to the industry and this is what we're doing And this is why, which is, I can't stress enough for me, I I need to know why the product is better. I need to know why I'm going to shift from what I know. And I need to know how this product is going to be installed correctly. In the industry, there's, you know, we can skin the cat multiple different ways, right? You know, Bob down the street is going to do things a little differently than I do. But some of these products, they only work well if you install them right. Mm-hmm. Like the way they're supposed to be installed. You know, that's that's a big part of it too. You can't just assume that we know how to install these things as per the engineers' specs. So
0: So what do they do? Do they come in and like do they literally train you and your team or do they like send you videos of online or like what do they do that you mentioned a couple of times, like they've educated you. What do they do to educate you?
1: Yeah. So I think the end user is would be someone like myself, but then you had the middle person. And, you know, I didn't get a rep from Advantech come out, for example, and, and sit down with me and walk on a job site and say, Justin, this is how you need to do this or use our products and this is why. But what was done really well was the lumber, my lumber supply company, my sales rep was very well rehearsed on the product. And so he did a really good job at explaining the product. And, and so at it, it all, it's kind of like the phone game. Right. Where, you know, I whisper in your ear and then and say something and you tell Beth and so on and so forth. And at the end of the day, by the time he gets to Eric, he's all jacked up and he's like, "Okay, yeah, this is how this is how it goes down. But only to find that, you know, when there's warrant issues down the road, if there is warranty issues down the road, it's it was installed incorrectly, (laughs) Hmm. which creates fear for for me. Right. As a builder or Eric, as the builder in this case, you know, he doesn't want to try new things because you know, he's not hundred percent confident. He's putting things down correctly.
0: Right. And it's insightful, Justin, because as a company at Venvio, like we market to people like you and like we preach education, we preach talking about how to build trust. And you're thinking about it from multiple angles. Like you care that somebody has been around for a while, but you also want to know that they're not just resting on their laurels. And I think that's like that balancing act is really critical. And so I'm just enjoying hearing your perspective of like how to get someone to try a product or how to get you to buy in, you know?
2: Yeah, just going off of that, Zach, Justin, you've said a couple of things that I think are important, like that balancing act of you're proven. So I know that you have some proven case studies behind you. You're not like brand new, fresh on the market, but at the same time, you're forward thinking. You're aware of the shortcomings of your product category. And your company has created X and Y product to resolve those issues. What are some of those other elements that you look at when manufacturers are pitching you or a new sales rep comes to you or your lumber dealer rep brings a new product in front of you? I want to go back to your zip systems example, because that's kind of the holy grail that every manufacturer wants to fall into of like, we're a little bit pricier, but we're actually better enough that it matters. because. More manufacturers than not that we hear from, that's what they say. Yes, our we've rarely talked to somebody who we, if you ask them what their value proposition is, they're going to say it's the cheapest. I actually don't think I've ever heard anybody say that. I don't know who the cheapest is in any category because they've literally never talked to us. Right. <laughs> but everybody says like, we're a little bit more, but we're worth it because of this and this. So what are those boxes that you're looking for manufacturers to tick that make it worth the risk for you?
1: Yeah. So for me, it's, it's the sniff test. I live my life with the gut, you know, we call it, you know, what your soul's telling you, what your gut reaction is. I don't, I don't that's how I manage. That's how I live. I try not to get super analytical, although analytics are important, but if it doesn't feel right, it's not right. And I'm just not gonna put my money there. And so the sniff test is is really big for me. And so right out the gate, if it feels old, it's old, and it's difficult for me to really get behind it. And so I would say the brand right out the gate is my first checkbox. The second thing is when I research products, I'm gonna age myself, i'm thirty nine right now, soon to be forty, and so i'm I'm kind of in the middle of the road. I'm not the young. Builder that's coming up. I'm certainly not the old builder. I say that to say that um, the first place I go after I'm introduced or the brand grabs my eye is that I go to social media. And so I'll jump onto social media and I'll start doing some research, you know, whether they're hashtags or, you know, the actual influence in social media. And I'm going to be honest with you if I can't find information on social media, or see people actually using it, it's gonna be very, again, a very difficult sell for me. You know, builders, I think it's important that, again, it's getting back to manufacturers, marketing, and they typically get stuck marketing, you know, engineers and architects. But for us, it, it's important to understand who we are as builders and, you know, the way we learn, you know, most of us in the industry love to create. We love to build things, we love to create. And we love that feeling at the end of the day that we built something with our hands and we enjoy looking back at it and saying, hey, you know, I did that. It's a great feeling. And so understanding that visual meaning that we learn different, most of us do, and visuals or hands-on experience, you know, kind of pulls us over the edge. So, you know, just sending out literature isn't going to do it. And so that's why social media is really important for me is because I want to know, I want to see someone using it. I want to see it being installed I just don't want to see a brand and a product you know I want to see it in action and uh, I think that it's a great platform to really learn more about the product and how it's being used better yet you know I follow a lot of builders on social media their platform where you can get a product or tool in their hands and see them using it creates a lot of confidence as well so it's just a very it's a great platform it's it's where I go and if you're on social media right now and you're doing it right I got mad respect for you. It breeds confidence for me. So that's another checkbox. You know, I would say that the other is if I bump into a sales rep and he smells like an ashtray or he's just kind of sloppy and not put together, I'm not going to engage. And so I think the people that represent you and your product is really important. It's important. I understand getting the product out to all these different lumber stores, but there's also something to be said about a little is a lot. Mm -hmm. kind of mentality where instead of throwing, you know, 10% of your, your budget, you know, into marketing, which is great, which is, you know, kind of, I guess the thing, the thing to do, let's do it, but let's do it in the right place. And so it's the old, let's get the sales guys out there and, you know, let's beat the pavement and this and that. And I just don't, I think those days are done. And so when I bump up against sales guys, and first of all, they're sloppy and they're messy and, you know, they're just kind of hit their quota. Time is money for me. I don't, want to have, I don't have a whole lot of time for it. So that's another thing, right? They're, how do they represent themselves through other people um, is, is really important to me.
0: That's a great answer. You know, you just made Beth cry there. And for the listeners who can't see, Beth, like we preach, <laughs> like we, no, it, like we preach, like the importance of social media. And it's yeah. it difficult. It, sometimes, frankly, it's difficult to quantify. The effectiveness of it but like as a pro a tradesman a builder if the very first place you're going is to see what other people who are like you are doing online and you're not seeing it like like that gets back to your sniff test justin like it's just not there you know
2: well it reinforces to me justin what you're looking for is a company that's alive and active in the industry and part of being alive and active is not just having a website where you can go and look at the tech specs for the products, but you want to see that one, they're innovating in the space. So that speaks to not just having an old product that's proven, but knowing that that product is still, you know, meeting the levels of need of current buildings and other competitors who have come into the market, but then being able to really see that other people in the space are using it and enjoying it outside of the testimonials that they put on their site. Like all of those things have their own individual place and own individual level of worth. But you're looking for somebody who's not a stale brand, which to Zach's point is is an intangible thing when we're trying to relate it outside of this context. So I'm, I might've shed a tear or two.
0: One or two, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I just spent $80,000 on a product that I found on social media. It's a tool that helps us, is going to help us stay progressive and mitigate mistakes in the field. And that doesn't say it was all out of fellow business owner uh, in the industry using a product and showing how it works, explaining how, why he loves it, which sparked my interest and started me down the road of of doing my due diligence, uh, you know, on other players and other products in the field and ultimately ended up with the same product. and
2: Okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to need you to walk me through this because first of all, if you haven't let that company know, that's a bonkers case study and their social media manager deserves a promotion. But <laughs> so if I'm understanding correctly, you saw somebody that you follow on social media, another builder was using this tool and you were like, oh, that looks pretty cool. That looks like something we need. Like that's how all of this started.
1: Yeah, so it started with me thumbing through social media after I put the kids to bed, just kind of unwinding. And I uh, came across another company that is in the same field and noticed that they just integrated a new tool, new system, and they were raving about it. And after a couple weeks of seeing them post stories on Instagram of the product and them using the product and how friendly it was and the cost savings behind it, and I could really understand it. I DM'd. I reached out to the the owner through through Instagram and just said, "Hey, can we chat?" I think the, the phone called him, and we started talking through the product. And then he told me all his the different manufacturers he studied and how he came to the decision. I went out, and did my own due diligence, and ultimately came back to this same product. And like I said, just pulled the trigger on it, and super excited. Wow! Yeah.
0: That is how business is done like that right there. Like that's that's, ama- that's I, Do you
2: know the amount of times that we've been asked what's the ROI of social media?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. 80, 80
0: you go. K 80K. <laughs> one DM equals 80 <laughs> K. Yeah. That's so cool.
2: That's incredible. I mean, I'm just, I'm literally stunned. I'm stunned because we are explaining This scenario. I just don't, I don't know if we should put this in because I don't want to sound egotistical, but like, I swear to you, we have said, like, this happens, guys. Like, you market to contractors at the end of the day, contractors, they go home, they put their kids to bed, and then they look on social media like the rest of us before we go to bed, no matter how many times people have told us the blue light causes cancer. This is what they're doing. And that's why you need to be on social media because this is when they're going to find that. This is how they're going to find you. And influencer marketing works. And like, it freaking works,
0: guys. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic or the pen. It
2: actually does work. It made my whole day. What a good Monday.
1: That's awesome. Well, that's great. It is, Beth, extremely important. And it's where we go. And it's what we do. Believe it or not, we do sit down after the kids are in bed or, you know, after a hard day's work and taking a shower, we sit down and we start thumbing through social media you know, my biggest platform is, is Instagram. You know, it's not so much Facebook as it is Instagram. And if it's not there, like I said, at the beginning, if it's not there, you know, I'm I'm not going to use it just because I don't feel like you're even trying to relate or even trying to get my business. And that's just where everything is business. You have to be progressive, right. And anything, whether it's business or relationships, you're either growing or you're dying and there's no middle ground. And so I want to do business with someone who's growing not dying.
0: That's awesome. That's well, Just- awesome, Justin. Well, Justin, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome and insightful. And Beth is going to get a new box of tissues because <laughs> <laughs> it's been so helpful. But again, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. We look forward to having you in the future. And if you want more great content like this, go to Venvio.com slash podcast. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popnikolov. Thanks, everybody.
2: You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnicola. To get the resources mentioned
0: in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.